Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. The inspiration for the last podcast, uh, How to Choose an Herbal uh, study program or study course was really an impetus by um, two readers or two listeners. One was Jenny Chandler, and she wrote, Hello, I love your program. I've been voraciously listening to all of, our, of your back podcasts to catch up. What advice about training and schooling can you give about to become a master herbalist? I'm so excited to find out that this is what I want to do with my life now that I am an empty nester. It's as if all things have been interested in my whole life have come together in herbalism. Gardening, healthcare, crafting, cooking, tending, healing, history, intuition, energy. But there are so many schools out there, I am confused which way to go. Online might be the best for me, but can you really learn about plants that way? So far, I'm listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, reading books, and going to herb stores. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. The other question that we got from a listener named Nick, he asked... What is your most responsible level of education required to practice herbalism in modern society pertaining to laws and separately your personal opinion? Great podcast is truly a treasure. Well, thanks, Nick. Welcome to show 55, Herb Lab. Today's show, we're going to add a little more to show 54, how to choose an herbal study course. Then in Herbs in the News, we will discuss the farm to medicine cabinet movement. Then following Herbal 101, we will answer our listeners' questions. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. So what have you been up to this week, Sue? Oh, my goodness. This is this has been a week in which I, I, I brought some sweet clover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. Some white sweet clover, and I've been experimenting with that. And thanks to my, my wonderful herbalist friends some people have been taking pieces of that and experimenting in different kind of ways and kind of on the 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 topic of uh certifications you know the people that i hang out with have a huge variety of background and certifications and education and it's nice to have that diversity of people with different backgrounds trying exactly the same plant yeah in different ways i just Oh, I'm really excited to hear like the bio. My buddy, who's a biodynamic herbalist, his take on that, and like I brought him some recipes that I got from another book, and and he, you know, xeroxing them, and <laughs> oh, I want to try this liniment, <laughs> you know, and then the other person who was talking about the energies of the plant and just the smells were important to another person, and you know, that's that diversity that. Ah, it just makes me so excited to be a little piece of. Yeah, the experimentation aspect of herbalism is really king. It is. It is. Hands-on with herbalism is, I think that's the number one way to really learn herbalism. Well, to learn almost anything. Right. You know, you can book learn a lot of stuff, but you you got to just, you got to do it. it. Yeah, give it a try and see what works. Yeah, yeah. What's been your experience and like the most productive things that you would say for experience with getting becoming an herbalist? You know, I've done a lot of reading, but making when I was first starting out, making the step between having read a lot to actually finding ways to use it was a real challenge. 
um, eventually. Application. Yeah, application, partly because, you know, you read about all these great, you know, herbs for reducing fever. Right. But then when your kids got a 105 degree fever, you're not thinking, oh, my God, which herbs were they? You know, it's it's hard to figure out what to go to. Right. So yeah. that was where I got stuck for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I started focusing on single herbs. Mm-hmm. And then yarrow for me was one of them. And, you know, good had for a fever, fe- good for fever and good for deep cuts. And I got the opportunity to try it on both and realize I should be careful about what I'm wishing for, because, yeah, I learned those lessons about yarrow. And when someone has a deep wound or has a fever, I know mm-hmm. to pull out yarrow. But I had to experience it first, oh, which right. meant, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you know, I mean, some of those deep cuts, they hurt. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, not advised. Yes. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Don't try it at home. <laughs> you know, I was foolish enough to say to myself in the universe, gee, I'm learning all this stuff, but I don't know how to, I want to actually apply it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I need some experience with that. And that was how the universe delivered, yeah. you know, the next day. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It went to your, my, my good fortune is having the experience of being in contact with a whole bunch of different patients and and herbalists with different practices. And so I get to glean other people's stories or a person. We People come in in waves. I mean, stuff just kind of comes in waves. And so we'd have, oh, today is diabetes day right. or, or high blood pressure day or whatever. And to get really good and comfortable with seeing how things manifest and, and noticing how the actual temperature will affect what's a pr- an appropriate herb for someone and what isn't an appropriate herb. Uh, diabetes, it's really a, a little easier to talk about because people that are unhoused in the winter are very, um, uh, that water is turned up, public water is turned up, so right. they're very dehydrated. Right. So their diabetes will, their blood sugar will just spike, you know, because they're dehydrated. And that's a that the first thing rather than running to an herb is, can you drink some water? Right. Or in the summer, you'd think it'd be more dehydration, but actually people are more aware of water. So yeah. that's when we're like, okay, let's look at the herbs. Right. You know? So, yeah. it's All of these things you just have to learn because you do them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But how do you get yeah. to be the person doing them other than the way you've been doing it, which is using yeah. yourself as a giant <laughs> pincushion? Myself, my friends. You know, that's one of the things that I've done is I've got um, started an herbal study course or, well, not really a course. Uh, Zoe Fallion and I are, mm-hmm. are studying essential oils together. And so I picked out a textbook that I thought was from a good author. And we've been working through just looking at individual essential oils. And then I'm coming home and trying to find ways to apply them or use them um, just for the sake of using them. I don't, you know, There are going to be some that won't be appropriate for my family, but... Mm. So far, the ones we've picked, you know, have worked out. Yeah. So, well, what ones are you even picking? We started off with geranium and bergamot and peppermint, although we haven't really gotten all the way through pepper, peppermint yet. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty strong yeah. herb. It is, and it is one that my family has an affinity for, so it's a good one for mm-hmm. us. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's I've got a book. I've got a study buddy. We're working on you know, reading and applying, she has a lot more clinical knowledge and, you know, has the opportunity to apply them. So I'm fortunate that I can glean that kind of information from her mm-hmm. and learn from her experiences. Yeah. So for me, it's been a lot of 
yeah. finding other people who have the opportunities I don't and do the best I can to learn what I can from them. Yeah. I've been using peppermint essential oil uh, in salves to help with pain control. Mm-hmm. I know lavender is usually my number one essential oil for that, but I'm branching out. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, my son had a stuffy nose that was driving him crazy and of course, he needed horseradish for that. And I had a horseradish tincture, which is the devil, by the way. It's <laughs> so it's so potent. It's right. so painfully potent. But put a full dropper full of peppermint tincture in, and then like half, you know, uh, a half a mil of uh-huh. of horseradish tincture. Right. And it's still. I'm not going to use the word palatable. That's probably a strong word, <laughs> but it's easier certainly than just a, a, a full mill of uh, horseradish tincture. Right. It's a very nice yeah. combination. So, and he, he, I'm just watching. Well, how how are you doing with that? Can we add a little <laughs> bit more to it? No, no, we cannot. <laughs> Experiment done. Okay. Nice. nice. You know? yeah. And for other people, I think my kids have a higher tolerance for the yuckies than other kids. Because of their background, not because I'm a horrible cook, but well, of their, you know, if you yeah, grow yeah, up with an herbalist, you learn you to choke learn, down a lot of really it. bitter herbs. It smells <laughs> like feet. Great. Here we go. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, learning with if I have another person, then I would add a couple different types of herbs with the not just the peppermint, but some other maybe a sweeter herb to to balance the super spicy horseradish and yet still have that same effect. Yeah. So again, we come down to, or how do you how do you learn to be an herbalist? Well, you just have to put your feet on the ground, get your hands in the dirt, and get messy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's why I love experimenting. Yeah, we had a nurse that came to us that was very excited, very interested in in the the herbal part. Mm-hmm. You know, had heard all the the rumors and about. Occupy Medical and everything. And she came in and says, well, how do, how do I learn so I can do what you guys are doing over here in the treatment team? Well, fortunately, in the in the wound care, we incorporate many of the herbal remedies here, the foot soaks nice. for the diabetic, yeah. which we have on our, our website. Uh, but the different, the salves and things, that's, as a nurse, that's an easy way for her to learn because topical, very non-invasive, people right. don't have issues with it. When you start putting things in your mouth and you know, some people get a little spooked about that. <laughs> uh, there's another discussion. <laughs> but for her, she's already got medical training and she's just as separated from the herbal field as a non-medically trained person. Right. Yeah, that's the sad thing about yeah. the way our medical field has been. I mean, it was, I guess it's really like 150 years ago when science decided to separate itself from the natural world, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. and and pharmaceuticals started to be created, Mm -hmm. synthesized, and herbal medicine became scorned. It was almost like the teenager who was rebelling against mom and dad. Right. And I think we're at the point where we're hopefully getting close to the 30-something that realizes that mom and dad may not have all the answers, but they do actually have a lot of wisdom. Right. And there's a lot of intelligence in understanding both worlds. Yeah. And I'm hoping that we'll see over the next 20 years. We a little have more maturity. More, yeah, we have more and more of our 
nurses and doctors and pharmacists are actually well versed in plants as well mm-hmm. yeah. as they really should be. They should be, and it's and it it is all over medicine. Surgical mm-hmm. bandages have aloe in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they surgical bandages have pectin in it, depending on which one it is. There's mm-hmm. lots of different. Uh, tea tree you, and lavender are used to eliminate staph in like surgeries, right? And, you yeah, know, as more science is introduced, you yeah. have to to talk to people in a way that is their language. So right. you you talk in a way that a, a doctor or a scientist can understand, and then you can have a good communication. Yeah, but yeah, we still we still need to develop our society so that it's not the either or. Yeah, you either be- believe believe in alternative medicine or you believe in non alternative medicine, and that, right. that's not that's not reality. That's, well, that's a fantasy not, it's world. It's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's Extremism, not a I think, was a term you used yeah. earlier, which is very appropriate. And, yeah. You know, what are you really learning by by being that reactive? Nothing. You're right. just reacting, talking to hear yourself talk. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I wish there was an easy way to say, if you just do this, then you will be a clinical herbalist. Or if you just do this, then you will be the perfect home or a ballista or whatever. Right. It's not like the, like if you want to become a nurse, you go and you take these courses from this university right. and then you graduate and then you can be a nurse. Mm-hmm. It's not that simple no, with herbalism. Just like with parenting. It's not that simple. No. I mean, sure, you can have a baby, but that doesn't mean you can parent right. or parent well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. uh, Well, and that's good, though. That means that it's changing and it's evolving and turning into something that uh, those of us with our our senses open can influence right no we 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 have a chance and an opportunity and obligation to uh, make comments and offer guidance in ways that are wise and helpful you know there's a lot more integration we're not stuck in these tiny little uh, spots anymore there's you know, that social media alone has opened up a lot of fields. That is true, yeah. yeah. So it's just up to us to figure out how to manifest it. And now a word from our sponsor. Occupy Medical is a free street-reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all-volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and, of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Now, back to the show. Now we're going to talk about um, our big herb in the, herbs in the news. Um, Sue, you found this one, right? Yeah, I did. The, the article itself is uh let's see philly.com it's you guys have that over on yours i'm not i the name, found, is, the name of the author our article is apothecary gardens fuel farm to medicine cabinet movement it was originally published on philly.com mm-hmm. and it is by samantha melamid i hope i pronounced that right it was posted on july 2nd of 2016 and this is one that we saw through facebook it's been shared right. a lot a lot yeah We'll put, I just put it up there. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I bet our readers would really enjoy taking a look at that. You know, because we try to have a, a good yeah. variety, sprinkling of different things for people that are on our Facebook account. Yeah. And it just kaboom. I think that what I found was really 
kind of exciting about it and frustrating. I wanted to do this 10 years ago, but mm-hmm. we didn't have the financial infrastructure to be able to create the farm, to mm-hmm. buy the land, to create the farm. So back up and explain so to the listeners what well, they're... What they're doing is creating farms for herbs and not just rosemary, sage, and thyme, but the herbs medicinal. that are... Yeah, medicinal herbs that are a little off the beaten path. But honestly, I mean, the things I saw listed in the article that they're talking about, like California poppies or calendula, they're not that far out as right. far as herbs are concerned. Oh, yeah. But for the rest of the country, this is a really radical shift. And they're starting to do things like sell their herbs and their herbal preparations at farmer's markets. Wow. Which is something that we here in the Eugene area are used to. Yes. Which is part of why I moved out to this area, because that was the culture here. And I thought, if I can make a farm work like that anywhere, it'll be out here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Financially, that didn't work out for me. So I'm not actually farming. But I'm glad to see that there are places throughout the country, the 30-somethings, really, Mm -hmm. is the the people who are about 10 years younger than us, Mm -hmm. are digging in and they're creating these wonderful farms on sometimes quite small acreage, you know, an acre. Right, but for herbs. For herbs, you can get a lot out of one acre. Yeah, exactly. I try to recommend to people, like, well, I want to grow something, but... No, I just have this little tiny spot. I'm like, well, don't grow carrots. No. You know, if you got one little garden bed, carrots takes up a lot of room and you're, you can buy carrots cheap at the store. Organic ones. Organic really ones. Well, really like good. good organic organic ones. Yeah. Cheap. Yeah. yeah. So use something that's expensive to grow like herbs. Yeah. You look on look how much is basil with a teeny little bundle oh, as opposed to, yes. right, super expensive. So use yeah. your resources smart. And they're doing that with the herbs for medicinals. Yeah. You look at how much tinctures are sold. You know, oh yeah, a little one ounce bottle is between ten and twenty bucks yeah. for the most part. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Out out here, ten dollars. I don't in New York. I don't 30, even know how I much bet. you can get them. I mean, what's the range you can even get in some of the other communities? Mm-hmm. You know, ours ours is a very. We've had a very hippie lifestyle out here in Eugene right. for the last what hundred years. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, well, how many tinctures have you got in your medicine cabinet? Uh, I think it was 48 (laughs) jars. Yeah, Yeah, I've got, oh oh my gosh. Yours is probably equally bad. My house is just a a mess of herbs. It's a crime. (laughs) So I was really glad to read about this and to see that, I mean, I I find it humorous that they're calling it farm to medicine cabinets rather than just herbalism. Right. But that's okay. I'm glad they're doing it. It's a more... Approachable name in the vernacular because it's you know, the farm to table movement, right? So it's the way to hinge off that. I, I thought it was interesting though that there is different levels of farm to medicine cabinet mentioned in this article. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, some were just growing the herbs, mm-hmm. right, and then having them dried or whatever, and then they would sell them. Mm-hmm. And others were actually having herbal products being sold. Right. They were making the product, the tinctures, tinctures and the salves, and other yeah. things. Uh-huh. Uh, and then they would have that for sale, which, of course, attracts the FDA. And so they have mm-hmm. to have these big disclaimers. And right now, they, there's no, nothing in the article that points to um, the FDA shutting any – well, actually, they did shut down a couple people, a couple some people, larger companies, yeah. one in Maine, one in Vermont. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah that, that, you know, that you had yeah. to shut it down and one had to move its operation somewhere else. Med- and we don't know yeah. what the, why or the weather fours or what they were doing and what they promised it would do versus mm-hmm. you know, not. I mean, you know, if you're going to sell – Anything internal right. or herbal, you should. There's a disclaimer that you need yeah. to, to post. And these people are saying they're doing that, but it is. It gets bigger and more people do it. 
you know, the FDA is going to be more involved in it. Well, and it's not just if it's not just that you have to have your disclaimers and all that. There's also you have to have like a commercial kitchen yeah. and there's a lot of regulations around and you have to label it in a specific way. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, lot you don't of regulations. Want typhoid Mary. So no, you're trying right. to feel spread healing. Right. right. And, and right. so I applaud the fact that there are certain rules that have to be followed mm-hmm. and they should be enforced mm-hmm. because there are just like in any other industry, there are charlatans out there too. Oh yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And at least if they follow the, 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 the guidelines where, can have the least safe material to use mm-hmm. instead right. of, you know. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's part of why I haven't gotten into making medicines like that and selling them because I can't afford the commercial kitchen. I mean, it's right. just financially that's out of my league. But I do like, and I'm thankful that I can make my own, and I want to make sure that that freedom stays there for us, and I want to teach other people how to do it for themselves, right? Because. Not all of us can afford to go spend $30 on a one-ounce bottle of whatever the tincture happens to be, knowing that we have to do it again in about two weeks. You know, that gets expensive. It does. And it's, it's, I think it's part of the healing process to go to grow or harvest your own or, you know, going to the farmer's market is a lot healthier than just, you know, popping a, popping a pill. Yeah. You know, the community integration and, and and spending time with a plant and doing something that makes you feel proud of yourself. Look what I did. I just made this salve. This is amazing. And that, that mental health boost and that feeling of success is that's part of the healing process too. Yeah. Well, I think it's our job doing what we do with the podcast and the website is to give people the information they need so that they can go to the farmer's market and say, Hey, I can do stuff with that. This is what I'm looking for, yeah. and I know what it should look like. Right. Yeah. You know, I know that I don't want to buy dried um, lemon balm. Right. You know, I know that. I know that I want that fresh, and I know that I want to do all my preparations with it fresh because that's when it's really effective. Mm-hmm. I want people to know that. I want yeah. people to understand so they can make informed decisions and do the best medicine for their families. Yeah, because there sure is a lot of mythology out there. There is. It's just, it's interesting, but it's not, it's not accurate. The, the St. John's wort mythology. Oh, oh, St. John's wort's good for all, all types of depression. Yeah. No, it isn't. It is not. No, No, No. it doesn't work for everything. Yeah. You have to have the, the, like it needs to be fresh from fresh tincture. I don't know what a St. John's wort pill does. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure (laughs) to be honest either, but. I, I have seen the difference between a salve made with fresh St. John's wort from the oil. The yeah. oil is dark and red and just incredible, and, and it feels different on your on your muscles when you're putting it yeah. on a sore muscle as opposed to something from dry St. John's wort. Right. Like, it what do I really, got here? <laughs> yeah, it looks like the original colored yeah, oil. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, and I, I know that plants are complex. They have a lot of different, so it's not like it's useless. There's things that dried St. John's wort has in it too that I'm sure it lends. But when you're looking for, in St. John's wort's okay, there's two that we are most familiar with, and those have a color, mm-hmm. and you don't see the color, and they're all... Yeah. yeah. So you get that from being out there and getting a good harvest or going to a farmer's market in this case. And I didn't I, going to a farmer's market to get some herbs. 
well, well medicinal herbs that's neat yeah I think that's I like it. Yeah, that. I like to see that that's happening. It it brings more awareness and it gives people who don't actually have the space or the time or the energy to grow mm-hmm. it themselves. Yeah. Access to fresh plants. That's right. That I love. Yeah, and with the growing population, I'm not as comfortable as I used to be. So I would say, "Oh, go out and harvest it yourself in the wilderness." No. I think I that's a bad choice. I think there's way too many people that are interested in herbs now. I think that, you know, everybody says, "Well, I'm doing this responsibly." But when you have a patch and it's responsibly harvested by two people, that's totally different than by 20 people. Exactly. So, yeah, I get nervous about that, that the foot traffic and, yeah, we just need to recognize we're a bigger, we're a bigger party. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Much larger, yeah. 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 So that's part of the growing up process. But, yeah, this article was great. I I thought it was charming and, and it's a little... It was a little humorous to go, oh, so now we're hipsters. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have links, yeah. links to that article in the show notes. Plus, if you want to go to our Facebook page, um, it's at facebook.com, The Practical Herbalist. The Practical Herbalist, right. yeah. That is on the feed there, so you can click that, share it, read it, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by The Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at The Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Lulu. She asks, what is a well-respected instructional resource for methods of preparing medicinal herbs for products? Candice? Sue? Well, of course, there's always the practical herbalist yeah. online. That's right. Yeah. Shameless self-promotion. That's right. Yes. But that's why we built the site is because right. got frustrated with the same thing. or trying to find a responsible way to make a variety of different products that we need in our own lives and we're just constantly digging the same hole. So we right. put it together on a site to make it easier for everybody else, including ourselves. Yes. So there it is. Right. So we that's have, definitely. We have how to make salves, how to make tinctures, mm-hmm. um, how, to, how to infuse oils. Yeah, that's all yeah, on. The best and that's way all to free. brew your tea. Yep. There's even one on how to brew coffee without using a percolator. The, yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm really that's saying coffee important is an important medicine for everybody, but I'm just saying. It's you know? important medicine for so, many people. How to make a syrup. We're, we're a great mm-hmm. resource. Yes. Got to go over the list. And that's a free one. That's a free one. Yeah. And the ebooks. That's a free they that have, you, you yeah, have extra. Yeah. And I think on the some of the ebooks you guys we written have advanced preparation. Or yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Some plants are tricky. Right. So the practical yeah. herbalist is a respected source for how to. Is there anything else? Yes. Yeah. We do have two favorites. My personal favorite is James Green, the mm-hmm. herbal medicine makers. Guide, I think, is the name of it. Yeah, but I'll make sure that we use a lot. I'll make sure the link is in there. I think we've done a book review on that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that link will be definitely in the show notes. Yes, and you then, have a favorite, um, Doctor Cheryl Tilger, the uh, from the heart of the earth, medicine herbal, from the heart of the earth, yeah, herbal yeah. medicine from the heart of the earth. Yeah, yeah, and that one is. It's been out for a long time. She self published. It, 20 years. before it was fashionable to do so. Before it was <laughs> really fashionable to do so. Yeah, good. Uh, I think she self-published maybe 15 years ago. 
And it's just one. Of, she's got some stuff on her website that you can see for free too. But it's a book it's a that I think resource. is well worth just having. Yeah, it's a good one to have on the shelf. She's got some nice formulas, and mm-hmm. she's got enough information in there so that I've found when I've picked that one up that I can adapt the formula based on what information she's got and what I actually have access to. Yeah. Definitely. So if there's an herb that she's suggesting that I don't have access to, she tells you why it's in the formula and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So I can look at what herbs do I have that do similar things. Yes. So I can make some educated guesses and make it work. Yeah. She's got a big long list of these plants and then it goes through, this is, this is the range that you would want your, uh, uh, alcohol, water on. Does it need to have some glyceride extract certain constituents? You know, she's got she's got the homework done for you, and and she's I I know her. I've worked with her. She really does her homework, and she she believes in experimentation and and testing. So that's it's solid information. So those would be our three resources. Check out the Practical Herbalist. Mm-hmm. Look at the James Green book, and check out Cheryl too, Doctor Chip. Dr. Dr. Cheryl Tilger's book. Yes. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, if you want more information on those, as we said, check out our website and look at our show notes. Thepracticalherbalist.com is a wonderful resource for recipes, for how-tos, and for our information on individual herbs themselves. Please like us on Facebook. We put a whole bunch of stuff on Facebook. We've talked about in the the earlier part of the podcast and follow our follow us on Twitter, and we have Pinterest, and there's a hashtag, the yes. Practical Herbalist. Instagram, Instagram hashtag. Instagram, Instagram, yes. Hashtag the Practical Herbalist. And please, please, if you're on Instagram, start putting some photos in there. I'm looking for people for cool photos. Yes. I'm so excited for, like, there's one. There's one person who has one in there. Yeah. But I was just jumping up and down. I was so thrilled to see somebody else's photo in the gallery. Yeah. And the fun part is we can put a, a little widget on our website to funnel those into our website. So they'll be on our website. Yeah. yeah. And then people click on them and they'll go to your face, your Instagram page. Yeah. And it inspired, here's my selfish part is when people do that, then I, I'm alerted to it and like, Oh, that is so cool. I hadn't thought yeah. of that. And then it inspires me to learn more things and have just sometimes just a different vision of a plant that I am very familiar with or, or a type of product that I'm very familiar with, but I need to look at it in a new way. So yeah. You want to make Sue's life better than hashtag the practical herbalist. And- <laughs> yes. Well, one more thing I want to add is um, if you like our podcast, please go to iTunes and write a review. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'd love yeah, to hear love from to you. Yeah, we'd love to see there. some reviews yeah. there, and too. If you read our ebook, we'd like a review there. Yeah. That helps us understand. That is so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Nothing sells feedback. better than other people telling you about our products than us. Mm-hmm. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated health care for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Visit their site at occupy-medical.org.